Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of the In the Pocket Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Chip Ginyard. Happy New Year to you and your family. Thank you for taking time out to come join us and chill with us tonight. We have an important episode. We ended 2022 on a high note. We're going to take 2023 even higher. Today, we have a legend that's going to be our special guest. But before we get into it, let me tell you a little bit about the podcast. This podcast was created to help people find their rhythm. It was created to help them find their niche through the inspirational stories that our guests provide. We want to help you find your groove. We want to help you stay in the pocket. We want you to continue to pursue your dreams with the motivation that you gain from listening to our guests. My special guest today is a Philly legend, an East Coast legend, a global drum legend. Hailing from the 215, Brian Fraser Moore is a globally known drummer, music director, producer, and arranger. He is the ghost note killer, the 16th note assassin. He is one of the most highly decorated generals in the drum game, and he has created a name that will forever be respected in the music industry. Please welcome to the pod for episode 11, Mr. Brian Fraser Moore. <laughs> man, thank you, welcome bro. To thank the you show. for having me. Yeah, thank man. You, man. Welcome, thank welcome, you. welcome. I am so grateful that you took time out, man. You are so busy. I mean, I, I it's hard to imagine you having a day off because you're always on the go. You're always learning something, always doing something. So thank you for taking time out, man, at the top of the year. To be with me, my man. pleasure. My yeah. pleasure. Thank you for having me, man. No doubt. I am a serious fan. You know, I, I play drums, I, I'm a student of drums, I'm a I study this stuff, I read credits. I'm from that old school where we used to buy the albums and read the credits, man. And it was important to know who was playing these favorite records and who was on TV that we were loving and idolizing. You know, we're air drumming at home, but we want to know who's doing it, who where our inspiration is coming from. And you, my friend, were that guy. And I you're not even that much older than me. But just the, the, I told Calvin this last week, just to see you guys aspire, you know, to make it out because you come from the same place we do. Yes, you know, sir. I met a lot of you guys on the scene at church. People ask me all the time, how do you know these great people? And I'm like, midnight musicals, church yes. concerts, rehearsals, on the road. You know what I mean? So we grew up in a similar fashion. And to see yeah. our people succeed and make it to high places, man, it just makes us feel good. And also lets us know we have a chance to do the same. So I, I want to thank you for coming through, bro. Man, thank you, man. I, I really appreciate it. We go way back. We Absolutely. We, there was a whole community of, of this before yes. this whatever level, you know. Yeah. So let's let's take it back, man. You grew up in Philly. You're an L.A. guy now, but your humble beginning <laughs> started in the 215. So talk yes. about how it was growing up in Philadelphia, man. Man, you know, you, you, you was there for a lot of that. Um, yeah. Growing up in Philly... Uh, moms, mom and dad, the biggest supporters, uh, the church, you know, yeah. seven, seven days a week playing, you know, had to get good grades in order to play the drums, you know, nice. though you, you would get sat down if you, if your grades wasn't good. Yeah. Um, just growing up like that, being inspired by the Hawkins, being inspired by BJ Thomas, Amy Grant was my first concert that my mom ever wow. took me to. That was the concert I decided that that's what I wanted to do. Um, and that's a Christian Christian artist for those that don't know. Amy Grant was a huge Christian-based, faith-based artist. It wasn't necessarily considered black gospel because it was on the Christian side as, as far yeah. as um, you know, other people worshiping to multiracial and, and multicultural music. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that Brown Bannister was her band, uh, if, it, if anyone knows, but they had a sound just like the Winans had a sound yeah. with, with Alex Acuna and Bill mm. Maxwell and all of those. 
So that that was my upbringing on yeah. uh, when we could read credits to see yeah, yeah, yeah. that Abraham Laborio and Bill Maxwell was in a band called uh, Cononia. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a whole uh, band record, which was incredible. So I grew up around that, growing up uh, in Philly, playing at the studios, Larry Gold's studio, Jazzy Jeff's studio, yeah. playing at the Milk Bar, you know, with James Poyser. Um, was is my big brother, so he shout out to him. Uh, so the Stephen Ford from the church, uh, Ford Memorial, Memorial. Al, yeah, Al Ingram, rest in peace. Yes. Um, uh, Al Ingram and Garfield Williams, Anthony Spike McCray, all my these are all the legends that yeah. I grew up um, looking at. So then it sprouted out from there. You know, Johnny Croom was a major MD that put me on. Shout out to Johnny. Wow. that believed in me and it gave me a chance with uh, Aaliyah and Genuine and that started the whole Wow. Thing. So let's so go shout back. Out. Let's, shout out to them. Absolutely. Let's go back yeah. to a little humble, your your formal beginning. You grew up in Kojic, right? Yeah. Church of God yeah. of Christ. Yeah. Okay. Talk about that. Fellowship Tabernacle or something what? like that? Fellowship Tabernacle. Robert, Robert Taylor was the pastor. My dad was a minister there. Um, that was that was crazy. That's the first time we ever did broadcast. Remember broadcast? Yeah, radio broadcast. Live, yeah. yeah, radio broadcast. the midnight musicals at Absolutely. the Adams Mark Hotel. Yeah. The uh the 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 Kojic conventions, the GMWA conventions with Facts. the Hawkins jo- Joel Smith, Doobie Pat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bro, I just gotta say this. So I went to a, a Hawkins seminar mm-hmm. with Al Ingram. First time he took me Doobie Powell, my first time seeing him. He walked in with a piccolo. I yeah. remember this bro. A piccolo <laughs> and a splash. That was I, it. Oh my God! So shout out to Doobie, but that was that was all my bringing up in the church, man. It was been crazy. It was crazy. That's amazing, man. All you guys are my heroes, man. As you can see, I paid tribute to you guys with the uh, the shirt I've been showing everybody. Let me get this on the screen. So I did a drum hero shirt edition for my show, and these are all my legends that grew up that I looked up to in my era. So it's Calvin, Aaron, Teddy, Big Mike, Brian. Gerald, Nissan, Lil John, Doobie, Gordon Rex. That was it. That was my childhood, bro. Um, later, I, I discovered I discovered Spud and you know Quinn and all these other guys. But growing up, these were my guys, and I'm honored to sit down every time I get to talk to you guys on the pod. I am geeked out a little bit. I go back to being 13 and fanning out a little bit because I'm with the dudes that I looked up to, man. And it, it feels really good to be with my heroes, though. Man, thank you, bro. It's an honor to be on that shirt. That that's those <laughs> killers, little job. Anyway, I'm not even gonna. So we're gonna get to all that because I want to know. I want to know about your influences. So, um, what made you choose your instrument? What made you choose drums? Uh, 
Um, I think it was a natural love when I think yeah. about when the inception of it. It was what I was drawn to, I guess, like like everyone else. Right. And then I had a home base uh, support for mom and dad buying me my first kit, really supporting me um, to help when we were going, taking me to concerts. And yeah. then I had church as as a uh, a school of hard knocks to really hone all of that love in. So that's what and I would say. Growing up traditional PK, always in church, doing everything. Got to learn. Got to learn how to do every phase of ministry. And then you know, then you get to play drums. But you got to make sure that bathroom is clean. You got to take the trash out. You got to do all that's, those things. Wash the windows. Yeah, those, they don't know those about things that. Were, that was important. Yo, yeah. you could, I remember getting sat down. And the, the crazy thing about getting sat down for people that don't know <laughs> right. is like it's something morally yeah. that you didn't do, ethically that you right. didn't do. Like your grades was bad, you didn't clean up, whatever. Yeah. So you got to sit on the front row and watch the other musicians. <laughs> right. Like, so yeah. it's like they take I your love. It took your love away. So you know it made you remember that you wanted to be on oh, your best. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember those days. Oh my goodness. Um. Who was your greatest influence back in the day? What made what made you say, I want to be like him or I like what he does? Um, there, there was periods of time uh, mm -hmm. early on um, because I, I wasn't knowledgeable of, of all of the amazing uh, inspirations. Uh, early on was like Garfield Williams. Okay. Early on was like Joel Smith. Yeah. Early on was like Gerald Hayward. Early on was was little john roberts yeah you know for for me and then it expanded eric tribbett you yeah. know all, that's all that's all we had big mike clemens yeah you know i'm saying gore gore and campbell these were right. all of the guys that I, that i saw in my my upbringing um and then it trickled down e even on my record i have this interlude i did a i did a tribute for chick because mm -hmm. that was a huge moment yeah. in my life and on the interlude i'm gonna have me and little john when we was up at Ogons Avenue as at his desk talking about that. Like, yeah. it was such he he put that on, bro, and all of a sudden my inspirations became Vinnie Cayuta oh, and God. Alex Acuna and yeah. Bill Maxwell and and, and Dave Weckle was yep. a huge his his cleanness and, and his drum tones was a huge inspiration. So but yeah, early on. Man, I so. still have that like 1980 Zildjian Day video on VHS. With all those guys on it, man, and it's just like the plan that they were doing was next level, and that all that shaped us because it opened our minds to fusion and as being church drummers. And you Absolutely. know, in church, gospel is probably the only genre where you can probably touch all different genres in yes. in one service. You know, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, me, me, Kevin Arthur, and Jamar used to go down to perform an arts just to practice Chick Corea illusions yeah. like, and learn it. But it, it was such an impact to us because it appealed to us musically and the, the execution of the plan was next level. So shout out to John for, let, for uh, letting me hear that. I have a similar story. Big Mike Clemens and uh, Tom Tom and those guys that were on the road with him, they had a community choir and they put us on to Chick Corea and Dave Weckle and all that stuff. And we would literally go to the library to rent the tapes and CDs, probably cassette tapes back then, go yeah. to the library to rent just to listen or try to dub it to, yes. so you can come home and study. And like that that's the era we come from, man. That's, that's the era we come from. Yeah. And I and I love everyone's uh, inspiration. I, I just say for our era, I think mm -hmm. we had such the organic area of, of, of list, having to listen to it. No, yeah. no diss to uh, 
social media at all. I, I'm actually curious to how we would have taken yeah. that that grind and the social media, yeah. just to be honest. But I think we had more of a diving into to cr- try to create that sound and yeah. try to understand what they were doing. So I agree. I feel like our era, and I know I don't want to sound like the old guy, but I feel like our era was the best. And not to take anybody, take it away from anybody in the 60s or 70s, but I think this 40, 50 year old range where we are is the amazing, like we got to see the best in music and the best in sports. And, you know, like we got to see the inception of the internet, like all those mm-hmm. things, like we got to go from t- vinyl to tape to CDs to digital now. Like we got to go full yeah. analog to digital. And I think yeah. that's an amazing attribute of our era that we got to see, you know, the Jordan's magic, you know, uh, Larry Bird, like just to see that whole evolution of time and how yeah. everything changed. This, this is a key pivot a key point in life and we got to be a part of it. And I think that's dope. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yes, sir. So if you weren't a superstar musician, what would you be? Well, I would love, I would probably want to be a superstar musician. I'm not nah, a superstar stop it, musician stop it. at all. Um, but if, if not, uh, I, I was uh, a little into journalism. Uh, I worked with my father at the legal intelligence before wow. I started touring yeah. and stuff like that maybe that would have been an interest i, I say full-time real estate okay. probably would have been an interest because my my business mind is really i'm i'm really eager and uh curious about other fields like yeah. you know to uh money uh iora was, mm-hmm. a, was a company uh, that i'm with which is a virtual reality company so i don't know it's it's interesting that's dope to say to see though because we can tell it's evident first of all journalism being your interest is really cool because it's it's evident in your branding and in your marketing, mm-hmm. the way you do your social media. For one, it's impeccable. You know, the content you put out is really pristine. Sounds good, looks good, always high quality. And then it's, you're consistent with it. You know, you're posting every day, some type of message or some type of positive affirmation or some type something informative. Um, it's just, I, I love the fact that you have a mind outside of music that can mm-hmm. coincide with music but it's just like, it's refreshing to see somebody that thinks outside of the box. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate yeah. it. I love that. I love that. So at what age, like you're, you know, I, I read that you started playing at what, five? Something like that? Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, so you started playing at five. Um, when did you start realizing that you had a gift? Oh, God, this is such a good question because uh, I don't know when I think about it. I don't know if I realized the gift that... I truly had in church. Okay. Um, no shout. I, no, that's I'm good. Church born, but I think I was such in the grind to uh, be a servant and to yeah. serve yeah. and to give and make sure that I'm, you know, everything that entailed uh, us being in church at that time. I think it was maybe the first time I started to travel okay. to see uh, people I didn't know and to see how they reacted to the gift and the personality yeah. and everything, and then going overseas. And, and saying, wow, you know, they really appreciate music in a whole another way. Maybe I maybe I do have something, you yeah. know, here. So it, it kind of gradually, and I, I still struggle with it um, <laughs> to this day. I'm, yeah. I'm being very transparent. No, but you're but, very humble, man. And I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't even, can't hold a candle to you, bro, that are super cocky. And you're very humble for all that you've achieved. Like, I wasn't yeah. playing when I said you're a general in this game because... You are an authority and you can speak on things and everybody would have to sit and listen. So we respect that about you, that your, your humility, that goes a long way, bro. 
Absolutely, always. Facts, facts, facts. So you're from Philadelphia, you know, like there's a few cities like Chicago, L.A., Houston, Memphis, Detroit, New York City that just breed musicians. There's dope musicians from all over. But Philly is a special place. And I think you're the third Philly musician that I interviewed. I interviewed Little John. I interviewed uh, Aaron Draper and now you. Talk to me about your family, your musical tree of the musicians that you were associated with, that you came up with, and maybe you inspired some musicians that came after you that you inspired, like your family tree, so to speak. Yeah, me, me and Little John and, and Spank and Boots and Drape and all of us, we all talk about this all the time. That, that's yeah. First and foremost, I just appreciate these guys being them uh, no matter where they go. Right. You know, no matter where in the world, we still got a, a Philly brotherhood and, and a camaraderie with each other yeah. that's impeccable. And I'm, I'm not saying that no other city has it, but I can only speak for um, what I grew up in and what I experienced. Yeah. But I love these guys. Me and John, John, me and John talk about it and we we sit back and we look at Spank and we look at Boots. Right. And we look at Lil Dow and we look at Aaron Draper. And, and 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 we look we, I mean it's so many Pudge Trivet, Eric oh. Trivet, you know what I mean? It's so many Ty Ty Trivet, Thaddeus Trivet, you know. Yes. To be able to be labeled in any kind of way, some inspiration to those killers is truly an honor and a blessing, because um, I, I respect them so much and uh, their their gift is just next level. It's 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 like I sit back and I'm looking like. I really need to go into another business, bro. Because <laughs> you know what? What am I doing? You know right. what I'm saying? But I, yeah, the, John told us told me a story about uh, how he discovered you. You know, a lot of times we are we live in our own bubble, and we're at our own church or whatever, and we hear about people, but until you really meet them or come across them or your church fellowships or whatever it may be. You don't know that there's somebody on the side of town doing work just like you. Yeah. <laughs> and so John told us a story. He was like, he heard you for the first time. It was like, oh my God, like, who is this? And I and I know that feeling here in Mike Clements across the across the city, you know, like, oh my God, like you think you're doing something, and then you hear somebody else, you're like, whoa, I got some work yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. Well, that's well, that's crazy. Uh, first of all, thank you. That means a lot coming from John, mm -hmm. uh, even back then. So I'll, I'll reverse the sentiment, as they yeah. say, right? <laughs> um, so Bruce Parham, I forget which year it was, Bruce Parham, you know, you remember Bruce Parham. Yes, absolutely. Uh, was, was doing a, a, an album. Uh, at that particular time, um, at that particular time, I did, I, I don't know how it worked out. I think I did half the record. John did half the record, right? Okay. So, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I play, I play my songs and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it feels, feels great. <laughs> and uh, John plays his, but I don't think I was there at the session. But what happened is after all of that, I had to go back in the studio and put percussion okay. on all of all the tracks, records, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I hear mine, right? I'm taking real <laughs> time. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they put up a John song and my whole world crashed. <laughs> this happened repeatedly yeah. throughout the whole session. It was six songs. I had to go through this for six songs. Woo! His intonation, yeah. his drum tuning, his right. expression, his his authenticity to what yeah. he was trying to do. It, it was I learned so much right in that in that set. It, changed, it actually changed my life. And then part two was 
me opening for Janet Jackson's Velvet Rope Tour. This is later on. And I'm playing with Usher. Yeah. Bro, I'm playing with I'm playing with Usher and he does the solo. Um and I'm on the side of the stage. And I realized at that point in my life, another another point. No, yeah. I, I thought I was doing something, I'm yeah. not really doing anything. So oh man, that is that is amazing. Thank you for sharing that story. Two Philadelphia yeah. legends that were pushing each other, no competition, just love. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just yeah. just pushing each other to want to be better. This is episode 11 of the In the Pocket Podcast, and we are here with the legend, my friend, Mr. Brian Frazier Moore. Uh, let's talk about um, some legendary people that you have worked with in your career. Let me know what they mean to you. Um, first and foremost, you know I got to ask you about the captain, Adam Blackstone. What is your what is what does Adam mean to you? Um, first of all, that's family. Yeah. Um, above above anything, his family is my family. My family is his family. Super proud of him. Congrats on a Grammy nom. He's going to win it. I'm just putting it out there. He's, he's, he's already won it. Um, but working with this guy and getting to know this guy, man, is always a challenge as well as a pleasure. I'm mm-hmm. always learning something. I'm always feel like uh, I'm supporting his vision and w- what he's trying to do. And he trusts me, which uh, which means a, a lot for me. But he's a, he's at the top of his game. Yeah. Um, he's branding out. I mean, he's he's... It's great to work with him, and I get inspired at the same time yeah. uh, for my own brand. So shout out to that guy. That's my guy, man. How long? How far do y'all go back? Like, how long have you known him? Uh, well, we go back to the crib. Um, okay. We didn't really work. We didn't work together a lot when we was back at home. Mm-hmm. So I think it, I'm sure it's been over at least 12 years, 10, 12 years or something that we've been working together. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's like. But knowing him, you know, knowing his family, knowing Kai and, and mm-hmm. the babies and all of them has just been like timeless, you know. I remember meeting you in New Haven, Connecticut. You came there. I forget what artist it was, but Kai was on the gig. Terry Trivet was playing bass. Well, what gig was that? That, that was uh, 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 Mike Posner. Mike Posner. Yeah, Mike Posner. Mike, yeah. That y'all was Mike smacking. Posner. And I think me, Skeeter. Uh, and a few other people came out to check you that night, but we were all out there kicking it in New Haven, and that was my first yeah. guy. And we all were out yep. there chilling. Yeah, that, that was, was a good fun time. Tour. That Daniel was Daniel Jones. Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones was on that. Well, since we're talking about Daniel, what does Daniel mean to you? Because he's an incredible wow. producer, music director. It's another another one of my brothers, man. Yeah, you know we. It's it's crazy how this business sometimes uh, bring you tight with people, and, yeah. and it becomes more than than music. That's my guy. That's. That's my foodie buddy. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get down on a, on a food tip. Yeah, he's a great cook. But uh, another amazing musical director, producer. Yeah. Um, he, songwriting, the whole nine, uh, and, and great person and father and husband. So that's my guy, Daniel. Super, super top of his game. You know? Yeah, very cool dude, very talented. I met him years ago at GMW Ethic in Minnesota, way back in the day. Yeah. But super cool. I was, he was with DW. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. uh, Omar, Omar Edwards. Omar Edwards, another another one. That's my guy, man. Amazing musical director, guy, but friend, brother, yeah. husband, father. Um, super, super ears. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Got ears for days. Um, Sonics. The interesting, interesting part about me and uh, Omar, which we talk about all the time, was um, I would I was a musical director for uh, Glenn Lewis. This was back in the day. And Omar was on key, so he always says like like you were my first MD, and I can't you know 
how can you even fathom that right now? He's like everybody's <laughs> right. Uh, MD, to the stars. We have, yeah, we have we have that uh, connection as well. Great guy. Since we're there, let's talk about that, right? Uh, I think drummers make excellent producers and music directors. Talk about in early in your career. I read that you had that opportunity to be a music director. Can you talk about that experience? Because a lot of times they people don't imagine drummers can hold that role because we don't mm -hmm. we're not playing the parts now there are other drummers that can compose and things of that nature and i'm not sure of your background as far as that's concerned but we don't get the respect as far as drummers to think that we can be leaders in that aspect absolutely and i yeah. and i understand it yeah. i understand why uh, people say that but when you really think about the job of a musical director outside of his position and what he plays, yeah. there's a lot of responsibilities there as well. Mm -hmm. um, the, the arrangement, the background vocals, the authenticity to the parts. So my, my whole theory was get the killers that can play it. Yeah. And then I can really do my job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so that's kind of my approach, but I think that drummers have, um, you know, I'm not trying to put anybody else out there, but I think drummers have an amazing ear. Yes. We always have to, we're playing to a click track. We always have to listen to the, what's on the or background vocals. We always have to listen to drums on the track. Yeah. If that, you know, so I think we're we're naturally diverse in, in what we uh we pick up and hear while we're playing. Yeah. So shout out to all the MD drummers out there. All the drum Ds, right? <laughs> 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 I appreciate that, man. Thank you. So let's talk about some of the technical things of, of your playing, or not necessarily your playing, but the industry, right? What are three things you carry with you at all times in your gig bag? In my gig bag? Um, headphones, because I don't use in-ears. Um, of course. Yeah, why, why is that? Uh, so it's a really simple reason. There's no, whoa, that was crazy. Uh, I have excessive in-ear wax. So okay. When I'm using in-ears and it's pushing in, yeah, okay. you're on the road, you're sweating right. a lot. I used to end up in a, in the hospital oh, quite a bit with yeah. ear, okay. ear infection. So I oh. said, nope, no I'm more. doing the Gerald Hayward, y'all. I'm going back. <laughs> Give me some cans, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so That's that, uh, mm -hmm. it might be uh, most of the time uh, outside of my sticks, it would be my iPad. Um, okay. I use uh, Fourscore for all my charts and everything yeah. like that. So I run a program through there um, and my laptop. Okay, so, perfect. Yeah. Now you mentioned charts, so you do read music. Yes, yes. Okay. So uh, there, there, uh, there was an experience that I had maybe, maybe 10, 10, 11 years ago okay. where Teddy Campbell was sick and it's really my first time working with Ricky Minor. Wow. And uh, he had me come into uh, to Capitol Records, the A room where Quincy Jones used to. <laughs> No pressure in front yeah. of people like Wayne <laughs> Lindsay, uh, you know what I'm saying? Kevin Ricard, all of these guys that read yeah. music like it's the Sunday paper. And from that moment on, they all they were they were so supportive. Okay. They were. They were like, Man, you didn't do bad. I'm like, I did do good. <laughs> so, you know, from that point on, um, Adam started to he started to develop charts. So wait, you were thing. well into your professional career when you learned? Absolutely. This Come is on. why you can this is why you can never think you're the best because there's always Whoa, another level Ryan. of of learning, bro. You know what I'm saying? You can't. You can't. So there's hope, you there's hope for me. <laughs> bro, we have all the hope in the world wow. as, long as, as long as we want to do it. So now, and, and that's how I hear Teddy Campbell, the same way when he first came, much, much 
props to Teddy Campbell, yeah. a great player. But one thing I learned uh, stepping into his shoes was his ability to read yeah. and uh, how many charts, 500, 600 charts, yeah. after your memory is already gone after 20 to 30. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's another thing that I'm I'm always pushing on. My gigs helps me out a lot. I'm like, what, what bar? Are you making a change? What bar? 49? Hold on. Let me write that in because it cuts down on the uh, – the uh, error um it makes you feel better because you know what you know what's happening so you can concentrate on executing wow. and stuff, stuff did, you, like that. did you go to like did you go to school or did you have a t somebody to sit with you and work with you or did you just watch youtube what did you do no so uh, i had a general idea you know when people say yo can you read music they say yeah and their yeah. voice go high <laughs> it's not really right uh so um so i started i had a general knowledge and, and I started diving into it, but Ricky Minor suggested these two books. I'll, I'll send you send it to okay. you in the text. These two books that he gave me, and he said, "Yo, just check these out." And and the way they broke it down, what each part of the drum was, the bar, the space, the hi hat is on the yeah. top one, the time, the second time. When when once you start understanding that, then you're out of here. No. And so, so you you're doing these major award shows, and 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 I'll get into the, you know all the all the uh, large things you know you've done. But like, are you are you nervous to? Does the reading empower you? Does it take the fear away? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, because okay. you know when when you know when we're playing a song. What are you what are you thinking about? You're thinking about what's coming up next. Don't let yes. me miss this. Right. You know, oh wait a minute. Am I in the first verse or the second verse? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, just yeah. imagine playing without having that on you. Okay. So it's a it's a guide that keeps you in, in line. Yeah. yeah, yeah only yeah. if you need it. Only if you need it. You know, like because by the time you get the TV, by the time it's time to cut, you're not really relying on it. But if you need it, you can look to your left and know where you are. I've been in those situations where I've rehearsed and rehearsed and, and knew it. And on game day, on the show day, yeah, I'm like, I, I draw a blank on something. Yeah. So it's good to have Sorry. that reference there. No. Oh, that's that's why you keep working, man. That's why you keep working. That's why you're one of the best in the business. That's smart. Um, what's a common mistake that musicians make on the road? Getting too comfortable. And okay. that can you can take that. Wherever, wherever you want, <laughs> getting too comfortable with the artist, getting too comfortable with making money, yeah. getting too comfortable with your status or position mm. on, on 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 that tour, you know, just the whole yeah. getting too comfortable thing. Okay, um, let me see, let me see. What goes into the design of your tour rigs? I'm currently in in the process of it now, so that okay. that's a whole thing. So I I um. I sketch out because um, you had exactly. some monster setups. Yeah, yeah. So this is interesting. So I I sketch it out yeah. with my tech, mm -hmm. and um, we actually sketch out everything. The piece, every piece that we need, every lock, every we sketch yeah. out everything. We send that list to them so they can get that ready. Mm -hmm. um, the drums, the shells, the uh, the drum heads. I'm, I'm doing. I'm I'm doing a video drum head on this next day. <laughs> uh, so the drum heads. The color, the sticks, the symbols, the designs of everything, the signature wow. snare. What are we going to do with those? Marketing goes into it. What are the newest products that yeah. you guys have out? Send that to me. I will be promotion. 
for for that product on this tour. Um, so it's it's a lot that goes. And then after we have those specs, me and my tech, we get together. And this is always the greatest event. J I did it with JR. I do it with Okwa. I'm doing it with Jimmy, who uh, was my tech for Pink. Um, so we get together at my house. And we just relax. Yeah. And we just put it, we been listening to music and have some beers or barbecue yeah. or something. Right. And we put it together and make sure now like that. What about this? We we like to take our time yeah. with it so that when we get into rehearsal, it's seamless. That's so dope. Who are you endorsing right now? Um, um endorsing Pearl Drums, Sabian Cymbals, Vader Sticks, Evans Drum Heads, Roland uh, Electronics, SE Electronic Mics, Mugambi Cables. Uh, uh, V-Motor, headphones, uh, uh, Humes and Bird cases, and uh, I think that's it. That's amazing, man. Do you ever just, like, lay in a bed or just, like, walk into this room that you're in right now and be like, yo, wow, like, this is really where I'm at. Like, I'm, I'm God bless me. It's a blessing, bro. You, we yeah. come, you know, we when you're coming from church and you're coming from that era with so many amazing um musicians and talent man you know you never dream of uh having these experiences so i'm yeah. truly grateful and that's yeah. why i want to be an inspiration to everybody I, I want everybody to be able to feel what they're yeah whatever that that is you know absolutely so let's talk about on stage how important is placement now you, you do a lot of professional shows how do you know when to give more or just play the record so yeah this is interesting and uh you you guys make sure that you sign up for a BFM consultation Let's because this is what what we go through. But just to give you some insight on how we break it down, yeah, there, there's blueprint. There's a blueprint for me and all my clients for a song, okay. right? And I'll share it just as an idea. Um, intro, you're giving it whatever energy. It could be a soft intro, a mellow intro. It could be an intro bang in your face. You got to do what you got to do. First verse and first chorus is emulating the record and, and uh, all that there is setting that tone because people want to hear what their record is right? yeah. by the time you get to the second verse second chorus i then start to implement extras off of things that's placed in the track mm. whether that be vocals whether that be a guitar line so it keeps me safe um to be able to execute that and then there on out to the bridge i'm giving it the energy it needs if it needs to be in the clouds it feels like you're in the cloud whatever it needs and yeah. then from there on out, I'm kind of implementing Brian into into it with all the other parts. So let me give you an example. I, I was on your YouTube page and I found this. It's audio. This is and it's a perfect example of playing the record. You know, you're not doing anything fancy. You're not doing anything crazy, but it's so supportive. It's enough energy and the song is still building. It's just, it's amazing. Check this out, y'all. So you're playing SPDS yeah. on the side. Like, it's it's just amazing. I love this the snare pattern and just the energy that you're giving. It just, it makes the record flow so, so smoothly. Can you talk about the yeah. discipline that goes into playing a record like that? It, it's a lot of discipline. Yeah. I mean, you have artists just from from that audio, um, which is Madonna. Um, artists are different, and and my challenge is to be their favorite, whatever yeah. 
whatever their different is, I'm I'm going to show you that I can become yeah. that energy, you know? Okay. So with, with Madonna, she wants to hear what was on the record. Now mm -hmm. there's, there's room to put a feel, your yeah. feel yeah. in it. But when I start putting those feels yeah. um, in it, then it might be a problem. So that's, that isn't a great example. Okay. That is so dope because I read somewhere she prefers a drum machine. And with you, you were the exception that she was like, well, Brian makes it feel good. And I, I trust what he's doing. And that, that, that says a lot. That's a huge quote, bro. That's a lot. That that was, um, I appreciate her saying that. She she hit, they hit modern drummer themselves. I, I didn't know that really? she gave that. No, I didn't know. It, it almost, it brought tears to my eyes that I'm she sure. felt like that. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing, man. So what genre, you played everything. Country, pop, hip hop, jazz. You know, at these award shows, you're doing it all. What genre is your favorite? I don't know. You don't I, know. I don't know because I find so much joy whether I'm doing big band or whether I'm doing award yeah. shows or whether I'm playing a song with an artist. I, I will tell you this, that my latest venture has me 100% diving into rock and the history okay. of it. And uh, playing with Pink, it's more Mark Schulman was there. Uh, before I was shout out to Mark, great. That's my guy, man. Yeah. I love Mark. Um, and so now I'm learning things like you know I go into rehearsal with an eight inch time, a ten inch time, and a twelve inch time, and I'm listening back to Dropbox, and I'm like, no, Mike, no, no, right. no it's, it can't. So on my new kit, fast forward, as, as everyone see, first time I ever changed my setup in my whole career. This is thirty years for me this this year. The first time I ever changed. My setup, 13 inch, 16, 18. Is this it right here? No, that, that's no? what I was that's what I was using in rehearsal that I realized this is not gonna work. Okay, got you, got yep. you, got you. But but nobody is seeing. Ooh, the scoop bird being hand rubs. So, so, yeah, so my <laughs> my uh my inspiration uh, lately as I've been playing songs like Barracuda or playing mm. songs like Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. has been uh Taylor Hawkins and Stuart Copeland. So I'm more towards that sound yeah. now. Big so. drums open. Yeah, I got yeah. you. Yeah. That is dope. So you've done a million tours in a million sessions. What was your favorite tour? My favorite tour, uh, um, my favorite tour right off the rip, uh, just thinking about it, I would have to say Janet Jackson. It was, it was, it was the all for you. And, and the reason I say that is the time, the time and the space and time yeah you know that was a huge opportunity for me that was a level up i never done any gigs yeah, yeah, yeah. like that so that was a, and it was songs that i grew up on yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I know all the you were familiar with them yeah you know i saw janet in the in the uh in the audition and i'm like yo this, this janet jackson guys so did you come I, mean? I remember john telling the story john you you came after john right so yes i yeah, came yeah. after john did a velvet rope tour yeah yeah and then i did all for you tour that's amazing man uh yeah. is that the clip you posted the other day when you were in hawaii was that around that time in hawaii uh yeah. i think it was i think so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. okay yeah. that's dope um talk about your first tour your opening experience right is the legendary epics tour i think with Aaliyah, genuine drew hill my, was that, that the first was my, one or was that was my first, what I would call a major, okay. a major tour. My first tour in actuality, and I'll, I'll come back to that, 
mm-hmm. was uh, this group called the White Hair Brothers. You do you remember them? I heard I seen the name. I don't remember them, but maybe I know the, the music. It was Mick, uh, you know, McFadden and Whitehead. It was it was Whitehead's son. Okay, right? and they had a song. It's a uh, your love is a one eight seven. You remember yeah, that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was my first tour. But Aaliyah and Genuine uh, was was really when when my eyes opened. Um, okay, real quick, I promise, just really fast, another eye-opening moment. Okay. So I'm out with the White Hair Brothers, my first tour. This was in Hammersmith in London. I'll never forget it, right? And the first show we were opening up for the for Black Street, right? <laughs> and so, okay, so here I am. This is arrogant, Brian. This is way <laughs> back. This is Brian think he's the man because he's on a tour finally, right? <laughs> and so, okay, so we play the show. We play. And we get off stage, right? Yeah. And we were like, yeah, yeah. I told Gerald this. <laughs> I tell Gerald this all the time. I said, yo, yo, we just killed them. Yo, what they, they ain't gonna do nothing with that. Yo, and that stage, bro, <laughs> that stage opened up for Black Street. And the sound that came off that stage, bro, changed my life. It was yeah. it, it was crit. The way his yeah. drums, the way his drums sound. Yeah, the way the band sound and move together, the thickness of his shells. He's so locked, man. Oh my god, those are the best times, yo. <laughs> anyway, I just had to it's say that. You know. fix. And he had Ooh. a little tan up here on the left side. Oh. Okay, okay. I promise this is the last one. This is the last one. So one night, this the stage was too small. It couldn't fit both of our gear. So they yeah. said they went to Black Street and said, "Yo, can we use your gear?" So I had to play on that kit, bro. Wow. I was lost. <laughs> I was lost. It wasn't it was, even comfortable. It was a, it was a the whole, for you. The yeah. whole time I'm playing like this. Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> so shout out to Gerald. He my my biggest inspiration for my my drum racks and my yeah. drum designs. The monster designs, man. That's what's up, yeah. man. Can you give me an Aaliyah story and then talk about that opening tour? Yes, so um, Aaliyah at the time, um, she was a new artist, newish, kind of. So I was grateful uh, to be there. I didn't realize the magnitude like I do now of of who she was going to be or or, ended up being. Um, So, but she was a sweetheart, man. She loved drums, man. And I, I have video. I have video. I, I know I didn't put up because I don't want to make like the family yeah, course, feel yeah, any yeah. kind of way. But I have a video of me and her talking. Wow. And she's she's dancing in the hall, and yeah. I got the video camera, and I'm like, "Yo, you look like this girl named Aaliyah, man." She's like, "Nah." <laughs> she's pulling a hat, but she's like, "Nah, yo, my name Rydia." I was like, "Nah, yo." Like so, when I see a video like that, I, I definitely miss her, man. Yeah. She she was a jewel to this earth, but it was an amazing experience. Yeah. That, that's when I got to be out on tour with with uh, Mike Clemens and Gord Campbell. They was killing. <laughs> oh, Mike was killing on this Drew Hill stuff. Yeah. I, I remember the whole show, bro. Still- Mike told a story on episode two that he was introduced to you that time, and he said, "Brian, he said this is Brian," and I remember your setup. You had the high symbols. <laughs> And you was wearing no shirt and like you know, oh, total rock star, like way total rock star vibes. And Mike said, "Yo, Brian." He said, "Brian." He said, "Dave brought it every night." And I interviewed him and Nate, his brother. He said, "Man, he said it wasn't competition, but we had to bring it every night." 
because we didn't know what Aaliyah and Genuine was going to do. And so they had to bring it in. Like, y'all was just inspiring each other. And I, I wish I was there at that time. Man, it was a big inspiration between Mike and Gore. And it was like every night, it was like, oh my God, Gore. <laughs> Gore was the first per, uh, person I saw play with Mary J. Yeah. But he was playing with Mary back then. I was like, yo. He, all of y'all played for Mary at, at one point. That's the crazy part. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, I remember those days when Gerald was doing it and Mike was doing it. And, yeah. Oh, man, those are great times. Those those times really shaped us. And that also let us know who we're home watching that we could aspire to be like y'all as well. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we, man. we saw y'all doing it. And I'm a little younger than you, but to see you and Mike on that platform made us all want to be professional drummers as well. Man. Dope stuff. So you performed at the Oscars, man. And uh, something amazing happened that... <laughs> <laughs> something that shook up the world, a viral moment. It was a big day for Philly, right? Everybody was hyped. Like, Quest won, and then Will won. You know, Adam, you and Adam are playing. Like, it was a huge Philly day. Um, and then what was the temperature like in the room when that happened? Uh, we we were in the pit. Um, so it was uh, – we, we, we wasn't in the room to really see anything happening. So uh, it, it went – once we found out what happened, it was really just a shock, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, uh, but keep in mind, we didn't have much time because we had to play the playoff. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. it was like, I guess it when it happened, and that was a real, was that was real, right? Everybody thinks it was fake, but you being in the room can attest that that really happened. Um, I, from my knowledge, I yeah. thought I think it was real, uh, but <laughs> once again, I'm I'm in the pit, and then next thing, Dante is lifting up the baton. And we're we're in with the walking music, so it happened so fast. Yeah, wow, so fast. Wow, wow. But shout out, shout out to Adam and Questlove and all and all of them. It was uh, Derek Hodge, Dante Winslow, everybody a part of that was huge. Tell me about that experience. You get the call and you say we're going to do the Oscars. You know what? What are you thinking right away? I'm thinking like grab that practice book for reading charts, bro. <laughs> Here we go. Here you we know, go. With 80, 86 cues, you know, 86 pieces of music. Uh, shout out to Teddy Campbell once again. 86 pieces of music uh, playing, no no tracks or anything mm. like that, just going off to the bat baton. Sometimes you get three, four, and, yeah. you, and you write and in, in, you know. So it was a really and, – and to attest to the story from earlier, we rehearsed in Capitol Records. At the same place that, same. But you're better equipped this time. I felt so much better in that room this time. Let me let me play a little clip from your Instagram. I found this. Okay. So this is right after it happened because that quest got the award, right? So you're playing Hate Me Now right after everything went down. What are you thinking in that moment? <laughs> I'm thinking, Brian, you better concentrate. Yeah. You be a part for you be a part of the snowstorm, bro. You gotta Ooh. concentrate. <laughs> Blind is on blinded. Yeah. Oh man, what an amazing time. What an amazing moment. I mean, you have a few goaded moments that, you know, will live on forever, man. That's that's unbelievable. Do you still get nervous? Every time. Every time. Every time. 
Yeah. Just a, not not for lack of confidence in myself, just for I've done so many of these shows that yeah. uh, something's going to go wrong at some point, regardless. Yeah, I heard you say, uh, you know, people see the good things, but you always see you're your worst critic and you always see, oh, I hope they don't realize I messed up here. Like, we can't tell, bro. <laughs> we really can't. Well, you know, I, I think we're all like that to a yeah. certain extent, right? Yeah, Absolutely. We're our own no. hardest and worst critic. I got you. Have you ever been yeah. starstruck? Have you ever wanted to work with somebody, see somebody and be like, oh my God, I can't believe this? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, real quick. So yeah. we're doing the Super Bowl, um, uh, Justin Timberlake Super Bowl, right? So that morning, me and my wife go downstairs to have breakfast, this little breakfast spot, right? And so um, we're standing in line, you know, wiping the call out. Yeah. Head. And the lady, uh, she says, uh, just give me one second, we'll seat you. And I'm looking around, I look around, and I look over here, and I'm like, Brandy. And I, my wife's Brandy. I'm like, is that Sting? Right there? <laughs> wow. She was like, that's Sting. And it was a booth. It was a booth, like one apart from him that was open. I told the lady, I said, hey, give me that booth. Give me that. <laughs> I want that, that one right there. So um, long story short, uh, I let him eat. And uh, I was super starstruck. And I said, Brandy, I got to go over here. I got to say something that yeah. I've always, anybody knows me, you know, that's the pinnacle of, of, of wanting to play with, with an artist. Uh, long story short, I waited to the right time, walked over, introduced myself, gave him my card. Told him I was a fan, um, and told him I was playing for the Super Bowl. He was like, "Oh, big, big show, huh?" I was like, "Yeah, big show." He said, "You, you must be good." I said, "Well, if you get a chance, my 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 website is on the card. No, yeah, no pressure." But and I was walking away. I said, "Nice to meet you." And he, he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna check it out. We're gonna check out the Super Bowl." And that's as close. Oh I, I didn't God. get no call, but that was close. That's, all, that's enough. Star, man. So, yeah. <laughs> That, well, you just led me right to the next point. How important is networking? Because you're in the room with these uh, powerful, affluent people. How do you play your position? How do you come off as hungry for an opportunity but not thirsty? Well, this is when the business part kicks in. And this, yeah. is, this is what I'm um, really uh, happy with myself is that as equal as it is as, as music, um, it's, it's definitely business. So just yeah. you having a business mind, know that the opportunities present themselves and you being of a character to uh, strategically yeah. uh, introduce yourself and strategically having something on you. There, there was an artist, I can't miss, mention, but there was an artist that um, I did some video for. He did yeah. a couple of his songs, put my information in the intro. Hey, this is Brian, you know, such and such. And I put it on a memory stick. So I, I put these on a memory stick because when you're in the club, yeah. Nobody wants to have long conversations. Right. They don't care. You, y'all, my drummer, whatever, whatever, right? right. And so I've, I've put together a presentation where it's just take this memory stick and when you get time, yeah, just check out. out and everything is on there. So uh, the importance of networking is very important, but the importance of uh, strategic networking yeah. is, is probably the most important. Yeah, be strategic in your in your approach. You got to. Yeah. Um, what advice can you give to musicians about spending money? You know, I know we all get the money. We're hyped. What do, what can you offer as a advice to being better with your money? Nah, I, I totally understand it. You know, if if you're anything like me, um, I, I didn't come from uh, you know getting paid for for doing what I what I do. So when you hit that money, I I totally understand it. You 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 feel better. You want to start doing things. But here's the down part, right? 
is that we don't have a yearly income mm-hmm. with with this gig. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> right. not guaranteed even if for the whole year. So just keeping that in mind, you know, and keep doing everything in you know in the right perspective. But if you blow your money on unnecessary stuff, it's only going to end one way. Yeah, you know what I mean, got you. What's the wildest thing you've purchased? Probably my house. Okay, well that's a good investment. <laughs> That's the wildest because I love it. it's crazy. My wife convinced me. I said we can't we can't afford that, y'all. I'm from Philly. I said, we can. She said yes, we can. Yes, we can. Because <laughs> you're gonna keep working. I got you. Right. <laughs> right. Wow. Um. How did the um? Well, this is two part question. You know, the pandemic caused everybody to to be creative in how they stayed relevant, right? And you have an amazing home studio. Um. How did you manage during the pandemic to stay? afloat and stay, keep, continue to put content out? Um, to be quite honest, the, my, me and my wife bought our house right after the JT, Man of, uh, Man of the Woods. Okay, and cool. uh, it was it was about six months before the pandemic hit. So we were kind of early on yeah. uh, getting the house. And when we got into the house, uh, I was so much into, you know, all the things that go on to buying a house. You, yeah. You're just there making sure everything is done. And she said, hey, we should build a studio. And I was like, oh, yeah, we can do that. That's right. I'm not in an apartment. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's right. So we we built the studio. We got somebody coming and build it. Beautiful two rooms. Um, And so so that's when I realized how much pre-record work was happening. You should see my folder, bro. It was was crazy. Award show, TV show, sessions. Um, um, Alter Ego, we did the Alter Ego with Adam. I think it was a total of 120 songs. So we we had a system every day. Brian cut this and this, this, yeah. like so. That it, it you know it opened my eyes to how much pre-record work actually goes in the game. Not to mention uh, movies as well. That's amazing, man. So you were ahead of the curve, so that you were ready. God prepared you basically to be ready for. It was all him. It was all him. I just, I just, me and my wife just followed through with the plan, but that was him. Yeah. How important is it to have a plan once music slows down and you're playing at a high level, but you also attributed to talking, speaking and thinking outside of the box. So how important is it to have a plan after music? Because music will slow down at some point. You know, I think it's very important. Yeah. I think if, if you don't have a plan and you're at liberty to to live like that, then that's, you know, that's a great thing. But uh, most of us, we have to have a plan. That yeah. music, e- even for me, myself, I, yeah. this is 30 years, right? And and I've been touring, touring, playing for this artist, playing for that artist, playing for that. Um, I, I felt a time, maybe about 10 years ago, that Yo, this you got you got to invest in something else because your right. body can't keep up like yeah. that. You're getting older, younger guys, Devin, yeah. little Nick, like yeah, these guys are monsters. They're monsters, yo. yeah, they you are. <laughs> so you have to just the evolution of of time yeah. and you getting older. You have to have another game plan. Yeah, and that can be even in the music. Industry. Yes, absolutely. Just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yes, it's important. Absolutely, I think you have to have a plan of succession to move on because if you don't, you'll be moved out the way with no other way to express yourself or, or even, you know, stay relevant. Bro, they coming through. They are, they, you they, hear me? they are assassins, they, bro. You're not C- lying. CJ, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yo. Crazy. Yeah. Yo. 
all them dudes, the Poindexter brothers, the, the oh Lattice my god, brothers. it's crazy. <laughs> it's like, um, how do you, with thirty years in the game, how do you choose to stay relevant? Is it, is it just your gift? Is it you listening to certain things? Is it just staying up on music, the radio? What is it? Staying up on everything. Yeah. Staying up on music, the music business. Yeah. Staying up on stocks. Staying up on real estate. Staying up on investments. Right. Staying up at everything. I, I feel like everything has to have the equal amount of energy. Yeah. You pour a lot into your social media. Um, can you explain how social media can be a positive tool um, to, well, to, to keep you in the eyes of the people? Yeah, I think that's the day we live in right now. Yeah. Like social social media rules the eyes, right? So mm-hmm. they all everybody's always looking on social media. So when people say, um, you know, when I when they have consultations with me and they say, I said, man, listen, I went to your social media. If I was anybody in power, position of power, I would not be hiring you. Oof. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So social media for us is always selling ourselves to someone that's looking for eyes. If your social media is dead, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. I don't agree with it. Yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> I don't agree with it. Yeah. But what you gonna what you gonna do? You gonna you gonna get with it or reinvent the wheel? Yeah, I mean any job, right? These days people are looking at your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter. Same thing with yeah. music, right? They want to see what you're about and, and how you carry yourself. You know, many times is Adam be like, yo, you know a drummer of such and such? I'll be like, yeah. He'd be like, send me his Instagram. I'll be like, jeez. <laughs> can't do that. Yeah. You know, like, this guy's just chopping all day long on all of his <laughs> Not playing that's anything not, straight. Yeah, I got you. See, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So I think that social media for us, if we just think more global, like putting a film clip out there that you actually scored and coming yeah. back and doing a Shania Twain song, yeah. then come back and doing a, a Amigos Showing real content and, then, and real You know substance. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Then when those when those people come through, they can scroll and be like, "Oh, he, he." Yeah. But if I got chopped for like forty thousand posts, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's play a game called Rapid Fire. I'm gonna okay. give you an either or option, and you just tell me what your preference is. Okay. All right. So New York or LA? New York. Okay. Logic or Pro Tools? Neither. Neither. What do you cut with? Reason. Reason, really? Explain why or how you got involved um, with that. So I've been using Reason for over 15 years. I was familiar with how to do it. Anyone knows with Reason that they were a little behind with their technology. Course, you couldn't yeah. even Im- import audio. But where they are now is crazy. So wow. I figured I might as well stay with a doll or software that I'm familiar with since they both. Okay, yeah. I got to check that out. I am. Not too hip on that. I got to check that out. All right. London or Paris? London. London. Uh, do you play a 5A or a 5B or a 7A? What do you play? I know you have your own stick, but is it... What, it's it's, what is it it's more to, to a 5B. More to, to a 5B. A 5B. So heavy. That's heavy, Brian. Yeah, gotta, a little heavier. Get... But it's longer. It's okay. It's extreme. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's dope. Jamaica or Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico. Okay. Canada or Mexico? Jeez, no this, no this. <laughs> <laughs> I said I have to say Canada. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Japan or Australia? Japan. Okay. Ishka bibbles or gems? Ishka bibbles all day. All day. Okay. What do you get on your cheesesteak? Uh, so I get chicken cheesesteak with okay. uh, sweet peppers, mm-hmm. provolone cheese, 
and uh, fried onions. That's it. Dope, dope. Um, Italian food or Mexican food? Italian. Okay. Early mornings or late nights? Early mornings. Morning. You're a morning person. Yeah. Okay. My wife is a school teacher. Okay, so you've been up where got you. Yeah. Um, do you prefer to play in sneakers or dress shoes? Sneakers. Sneakers. Okay. We've been dress shoes all our life, y'all. Yeah, of Great. course. Some people. Calvin said. <laughs> Calvin said dress shoes last week, so it depends see, on. See, he, he's a bishop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Uh, Teddy Pendergrass or Barry White? Uh, Teddy Pendergrass, Philly, all day. Okay. Patty LaBelle or Gladys Knight? Miss Patty. Philly all day. Uh, Jay Z or Nas? I gotta say Jay, man. Oh, I got, I gotta say it, man. But I, I, that's because I have to. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This one's gonna be even harder because you play music for all of these: Kanye, Pharrell, or Tim. I say Tim. Tim. Yeah. That's dope. Chicken or fish? Fish. Fish. J Cole or Chance the Rapper? J Cole. Weather Report or Electric Band? Electric band. <laughs> ah, that's hard, bro. <laughs> um, voice to men or Jodeci? Jodeci? I know voice to men. I know voice to men. It's Philly. I know, I know, I know, I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> Nike or Adidas? Nike. Okay. Delta or JetBlue? Delta. Okay. Uh, this let's is do, interesting. Yeah, let's do uh, Sixers or Lakers. Sixers. Sixers. Ride or die. Okay, Rams or Rams or uh, Rams or Eagles. Eagles. Okay. Um, Phillies or Yankees. Phillies. Phillies all day. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you perform? Do you enjoy making the song or performing the song? What do you enjoy more? Yeah, that's a hard one. Making I'm it, the, you get to put your ideas out, create from scratch, performing. <laughs> the world gets to hear it. You know, you get to see their reaction. I think making it, making it. Now that now that I had this, if you asked me like five years ago, I'd have been like okay. performing. <laughs> but now it's like, yeah, I love the process of making music. That's dope. That's dope. Um, do you prefer traveling or doing staying home and doing studio sessions? Stay at home. Yeah, stay at home. One hundred percent. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Things have changed. Well, you've done everything. Like I talked to Jonathan Dubose. He said the same thing. He's like, I'd rather stay home and have the money come to me at home. I don't want to go out. He's like, I've been everywhere already. So, like, you know, yeah. I get it. He's like, it's gonna cost a pretty penny to get me out the house now. So, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get yeah. it. Um, when's the last time you recorded with everybody in the room, like a full session? Um. Full session was with Adam and Omar for uh, we were doing something for this movie, um, uh, La La Crocodile. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't I saw know. the preview for that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they took uh, what we did, but but that was the last session I, I did. I saw your name and credits, so I just checked all credits. Oh, so for I real? Up. Yeah, I ain't, I didn't even go check yet. Yeah, uh, I think it's on there. I, I, when I checked your all credits page, I think it's on there. So. Sad card getting swiped. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, yeah. In, you out there. I'll take it. Last one, character or skill? 
what's more character character can you explain why um i can't see your skill if your your character is in the way i i, I your your uh, core mm-hmm. has to be uh the right for me personally to uh look at your your talent or your skill yeah thank you for that man all right yes, let's sir. move on to the next thing let's this is called respect my catalog all right i'm gonna play a uh-huh. clip and you're gonna tell me give me some backstory about it so you mentioned janet before but we're gonna play a clip now that i took from your instagram okay. There goes that Brandon again. You know, <laughs> I got Brian Frazier Moore. This is episode 11 of the In the Pocket podcast with the legend Brian Frazier Moore. We are here just chopping it up, talking about some records that he played on, some live performances. And that was Janet off for you. I think that was live in Honolulu or Hawaii, somewhere in Hawaii. In Hawaii, yeah. Tell me about that, man, because you were slapping on that joint. Man, thank you. That was, a, that was a crazy experience. So that took me back to when I saw Little John, uh, performing uh, Velvet Rope for the yeah. HBO special. Yes. Um, so I, I felt like it was that same kind of spirit or that kind of moment. Yeah. I always look at those recordings or those, whether it's those are like Super Bowl as war. Um, mm-hmm. I, always, I always look at it as like, Brian, this is what you fought for. This yeah. is this is the moment. Um, so I was souped, I was hyped up. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis was in the truck. So that made me super nervous. Yeah, um, sure. and uh, I changed my snare uh, at uh, the day of the show, and uh, Dave Dave Barry almost lost his mind. He said, "You can't do that." <laughs> so, uh, but I'm glad I did. I used the Sensitone, the Pearl Bradshaw Sensitone, yeah. because we were in an open stadium. I was like, "Mm mm." Uh, yeah, it was a monumental uh, moment. Now I see afterwards. I mean, more of that at that time. I was just wanted to make sure I played it right. Yeah, that was amazing, man. Talk to me about your uh, your signature line with Pearl. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, Brian Fraser Moore snare. Um, it's a uh, five, five and a half, five uh, and a half by fourteen. Jesus, five and a half by fourteen, <laughs> twelve ply. Yeah. Uh, it's a uh, eight ply maple, two ply gum wood on the inside, two ply gum wood on the outside. It's uh, um, die cast hoops. 42 strain on the bottom for for your snares yeah and uh yeah so it's it's a it's it's kind of the sound that i'm used to like solid wood yeah. and having the versatility on the snares on the bottom to to whether tune up or tune down so if i tune low i got all those snares on the bottom to really give me a fat yeah um sound uh, i previewed it at the nam a few years back and i had all three 
yeah. and attuned tune them all different just to oh, show wow. the versatility. Show the versatility. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a great snare. I love it. I have yet to see it in person yet, but I, I definitely love pearl snares, and mm -hmm. I would definitely support. So, I do you have to order it? But you can pearl? order from you can order from BFM or I'm a oh, distributor. You know, right. I'm a distributor. <laughs> <laughs> so go check out my guy Brian Fraser more for that signature snare with Pearl. That's dope. Let's go to another clip that I have. This is from the Man of the Woods tour that I took from your Instagram as well. So you have, you have this thing where you play with so much feeling and you like, your groove is so tight yet it's so loose. You know what I mean? Like your 16 notes, that's why I called you the 16 note killer and the ghost note killer because you sneak these little tricky things in and you're playing, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's so, it's so Philly, man. And like, I can't explain it. Like it's so, it's on beat, but it's off beat a little bit, but it's still tight. Uh -huh. It's just amazing how you do it, man. Like, salute to you, bro, for your insight and how you play, man. Like, it's, it's all you, from man. your heart. Is how much of that is calculated and practiced, and how much of it is that you playing from your heart? So, um, situation like this when I'm on tour, I take it in sections because you know you were able to in here. Okay. So I just I when I'm when I'm practicing, I just go through different fields. It might be a sixteenth. It might be a. a uh, a, a three four might be a six eight within that yeah. four four and i just work out different yeah places i can go okay um and then when we get there i just decide okay at that moment wow that's the that was a memorable moment man the man yeah. of the woods tour that was the most recent uh jt tour that he just yeah. completed yeah right before yeah. the pandemic i think you said you just completed exactly it. that was 2019 yeah. um I want to talk about this clip right here because it shows your humility. It shows uh, your love uh, and your, that you're always grateful for every opportunity. It was at the Super Bowl. I don't know which year. I think it was 2012. You put a video up of behind the scenes, and I just want to share that with everybody to show how humble you are with all mm -hmm. the achievements that you had. Walking to the stage, make sure I got my Humesenberg case my master dynamic headphones and my Vader custom sticks. I feel ready. I feel equipped. I feel empowered. Nothing can take away from this moment right now. God has blessed me to see another Super Bowl, another chance to perform, another chance to use my craft what he purposed it to be. If you've never done a show like this, believe me when I tell you, it's such a humbling experience to know that you've been chosen to do something and be a part of an amazing team. Keep pushing. Bro, that was amazing. Like, hmm. talk to me about that experience. Like, Super Bowl is the most watched event in on television. 
and you got to perform there twice. Please tell me about that experience, about you going through um, at the highest stage that any musician aspires to be to. That's crazy. It's actually uh, th this is my the third one. Come on, yeah, B. Give me right. Give me right. Yes, sir. Wow. Third one. Oh, so give me give me each year and, and each artist that you play with each time. So it was uh two, I think it was 2012 with Madonna. That was my first one. Absolutely. And and then 2000, what was that? Eight, 18, 2000. I can't remember the year exactly. 2012 Madonna. Then who was next? Justin. Justin, do it, Justin. Justin. And then uh Shakira and J Lo. The last oh, one. You did that one too. Yeah. Oh my god, I remember that too. Okay. Yeah. So, so you get the calls to do these shows and like, is your world blown? Is your mind blown? Like again, absolutely, like <laughs> absolutely, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on. Like that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's like a huge show. That's a huge opportunity. You yeah. know what I mean? That's, that's 140, 160 what, million people looking. That's, that's companies throwing you stuff yeah. because, and I, and I get it. Because yeah. it's you know you want your stuff to be seen. Your family is proud of you. You're yeah. playing with these artists, and uh, yeah, it's it's incredible. It's, Can you talk about what goes into the prep, the preparation? Because we only see the the twelve minute show. But yeah. when do you start? Like with, it's Super Bowl time now. So talk yeah. to me about the prep that will go into it. If it, you were playing at this new Super Bowl. So if I was playing, I probably would have started rehearsals maybe mm -hmm. uh, November, November, December. I'm sure that they uh Take, taking a break for the holidays, yeah. start back up again the top of January and keep and keep going till till game day. It's like it's it's a constant grind. You know, rehearsals aren't just for learning what's there. Rehearsals is for artists to try new things or yeah. new music to come up, and then you have to get acclimated to performing it. So it's it's a whole monster. You got lights, dancers, artists, music. Rack designs, gear yeah. everywhere. You know what I mean. So it's it's such a big event, man. But it's it's really humbling. At what point do, does the artist come in to give their approval? Um, well, you're rehearsing for months in advance. So when do they come in to see? From from my experiences, all the artists are in with the creative director and the musical director even before the band okay, gets wow. there. So they're already in okay. before we. It's not like we go in there and just be waiting for them yeah. to come okay. you know so all hands on deck you know from from the start that's tough man wow three times that's amazing what a blessed 30 year 30 plus year career you've had my friend man um this episode 11 of the in the pocket podcast with the legend himself mr brian frazier moore um question um why do you think what why do you think people still call you in your in your um, own we know but why do you think in my opinion uh first and foremost i've, I've heard this from a few artists uh, is because they trust me yeah and i think that just comes down to a human factor um having experiences with with people whether you've been under the gun or, or repetitively have high pressure situations or we want to trigger this and we want you to do this. We want you to build this. We want you to learn this. We need you to chart this or read mm -hmm. this. I think all of those uh, situations that I'm grateful for has worked in my favor for um, for comfort level. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'll call Brian because I know he can do what I need, what I need him to do. Gotcha. Um, 
you're a family man, you know, father, husband, how do you want to be remembered and how important is your legacy? Man, my legacy, I talk to my wife about this all the time and, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not really the award guy, you know what I'm saying? I'm not really that guy. I just want to see people that I've poured into push yeah. to the stratosphere. Like, like, you know, my brothers that I've, that I've been um, hands-on with, with helping, and it's been all of them yeah. doing the work. I'm just there just talking to them. But like Mike Reed is, yeah. is, is somebody that I pour a lot into, and we're now partners. We, we, we have partners sit together. But just to see him flourish and do, he about to do a Super Bowl, and you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like, that's the best reward. So I would rather be remembered as the guy that uh, – truly care and wanted to help people get to their potential. Absolutely. It don't, it don't have to be nothing about drums. You know, it's no. just what I do, what I do yeah. for work. But you know I'm so Brian like the person helps. Yeah. And yeah. helps build people up. Yeah. Yeah. I love that man. Thank you so much. Um one last question. Um who would you like to see on the pod I'm on the in the pocket podcast? And if you recommend someone you have to help me get in touch with them if I don't oh, know them. Easy. Okay. Let me think about that. Okay, who would be interesting? You already had Little John. Yeah. Right? Uh, it would be interesting. You had Teddy? Teddy's coming up sometime next okay. This month. Okay. Teddy. Um, I would say, uh, oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Uh, uh, did you have Lester Estelle on already? No. Lester Estelle is a great one. Wow. Uh, Nashville. Studio head, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, I think not. How about um, say Spank? Uh, I need Spank. I need Mike Reed. Spank, need... Spank hasn't been on. Mike no. Reed hasn't been on. No. Okay. 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 Mike Reed for sure. Yeah. Spank for sure. Boots for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. I need all of them. Right. Yeah. Little Daryl. Omar. Sure. I need everybody. <laughs> I need Omar. a group chat. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You just let me know which which one we're going after first, and we thought it. Absolutely. Well, my brother, thank you so much. You have influenced the generation, man. Um, you have changed many lives and opened their eyes to being a professional musician that has sustained a successful thirty-year career. Um, you're still going. You ain't old. You ain't washed up. You are still killing the game, man. And you need to walk in that. We appreciate you as your fans, as your humble supporters, bro. I'm Thank grateful you, bro. for you taking time out to be with me today. Um, I have much love and appreciation for you. Thank you for always being cool whenever I see you, not being uppity. You know, a lot of these dudes, you know, they, they let it go to their head. You know, they let the success go to their head, but you have always stayed grounded and um, always been a friend and a brother. And I thank you for taking time out to be on my platform to share your story and to help somebody else. A lot of times I would see people go out and be successful, but they would never come back. They would never reach back to show, to bring the, the jewels and the information that they got from being out in the community back to help somebody else. And that is, that's an attribute to what you want to do. You said that's how you want to be remembered. You want to be remembered to help somebody. And my friend, you have helped me. Thank you so much. Man, thank you. And I, I love this podcast, bro. Thank you, fam. I love the way you do it. It's so interesting, the subject matter and the people that you got on. Anything I could do to help, done. Thank you so much. Where can we find you in your social media? So you can find me uh, on Instagram at BFM22 or at BFM World, either one. 
Brian Fraser Moore on uh, Facebook, uh, uh, Brian Fraser M on Twitter, and, uh, and I don't know all the rest of them. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's fine. Oh, uh, and and my website bfmworld.com. Absolutely. Well, that's it. That's a wrap with my guy Brian Fraser Moore. Episode eleven is complete. I'm so grateful for this legend coming out and chilling with us, Brian. Thank you so much, my friend. I'll be thank in you, touch, man. but yes, happy sir. New Year to you and your family, Me and too. you enjoy your day and, and whatever you're working on. I know it's going to be blazing, so I can't wait to hear. The FM album. Ooh, you got to come back on the show. You got to come back on the show and talk about it. Let's do that. Yes. Okay. We'll do a, thank you, brother. Uh, we'll do a listening party. You come break down every track. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank All you, right. bro. Thank you, man. God bless. Whoa, what an amazing episode, Brian Fraser Moore here on the In the Pocket Podcast. Episode 11 is a wrap. I'm grateful for everybody coming through and chilling with us. Please continue to support the show. I can't do it without you. So please tell a friend. Please like, share, and repost. Subscribe to the channel on audio platforms and on the YouTube channel and on Facebook. Thank you so much. I'm your boy Chip G signing out. Happy New Year to you and your friends, and I'll see you next time. Stay in the pocket.